The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you always, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot accept, because it neither sees nor knows him. But you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me. But you will see because I live and you live. On that day, you realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me. And whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. The Gospel of the Lord. Partings are difficult things. And the greater the love, the greater the pain. And sometimes it's difficult for us to imagine that anything good might come of the parting. And yet it does. It may be that we were meant to be freed for something greater, or that the other was meant for that. It may be that it was time for us to move on, perhaps even to mature in love, painful though that might be. That's particularly true with death, but it can be true simply if someone's going to be going a great distance and not returning. Our Lord speaks to his disciples at the Last Supper. He's going to his death. They still don't understand this and will not accept it. But he continues to speak to them. And he begins by saying, if you love me, that's the condition of everything, isn't it? With God. If you love me. Because we want to set the conditions and God will say, no, the conditions are mine. You're my creature. I created you out of love in my image. And I will tell you what love is. You will get it wrong. And when you do, things will continue to spiral down in your life. There'll be pain and confusion, perhaps anger and bitterness. But if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And you will know freedom and joy and peace 
even though it may come at a price that you do not want. The cross is like that, isn't it? And then he speaks of the coming of the Holy Spirit. And he tells us, you do not know him. You know, you know him, but the world does not. I will not leave you orphans. What must they have thought when he said, when he said that? I will not leave you orphans. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me, because I live and you will live. I will come to you. What does he mean? They don't understand that yet. He's speaking of the coming of the Holy Spirit. He's speaking of the church. I will no longer leave you orphans. We have to remember that, that we are not orphans. We sometimes wander through life as though we were, but we are not. And so he says, whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me. That's the condition. And that's the condition for life, too, that sort of love. It's wonderful, isn't it, that when he says, I will not leave you orphans, as we all know, the primary presence of that is going to be here in the Eucharist. I will not leave you orphans. That's why we are here, because we are not orphans and because he has taken us into himself. And he comes to us over and over and over again. Without the Eucharist, we are really destitute. We are by ourselves, wandering around, looking for a spirit. But he says, no, I've come to you that you may have me in my fullness. And so it is here that we really receive the strength to become what he wants us to become. You know, um, I think very often, I know, but generally speaking, when it comes to the love of God, our motives are a little less than they ought to be. We have mixed motives, don't we? We very seldom or very few people ever love God simply for being God. We have our own reasons for doing it. Again, that's the way we humans are. It's strange, too, that while God will not accept from us a compromised life, he will accept compromised motives. If our motives aren't perfect he will still accept what we can give him. He doesn't expect our lives to be that way. If we compromise our lives, we're liable to lose him. But if our love isn't perfect, well, he knows what we are. He knows how weak we are. He knows how selfish we can be. But nevertheless, he calls us to himself into his church, and he calls us into what we are doing here, the greatest moment of them all. I keep saying that I know week after week after week, but particularly, I think, in our generation, when people are so caught up in what they want and what they find attractive and not what God has given to them, we have to keep saying that. I'm reminded, too, of that one poem I mentioned once before of Gerard Manley Hopkins. I think sometimes he gets caught up in himself a bit, but um, in this particular poem, I think it was particularly good when he's, he was asking why he should love God. He wanted a reason for loving God. So he thought to himself in his poem... He said, when asking the question as to why this should be, he said to himself, then I, why should not I love thee? Not for heaven's sake, not to be free from hell, should I love thee, but just the way that thou didst me, I will love and have loved thee. 
What must I love thee, Lord, for them? For being my King and God. Amen. And that's enough. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you rejoicing in the resurrection of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, that her members will always be visible signs of the heroic love of Jesus Christ present in their lives, especially the Church persecuted, we pray to the Lord. For our nation and all nations of the world, that they may come to know Jesus Christ and his church. We pray especially for those nations hostile to the church, that they may be converted. We pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering and dying, the lonely, the frustrated, and the confused, that they may know that they are serving God in the midst of their suffering. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost faith, we pray to the Lord. For greater respect for human life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, especially from our own parish and diocese, those young men and women who will have the apostolic courage we've seen in the scriptures. For greater reverence for the witness, the prophetic nature of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. For our administrator, our future bishop, our priests, deacons, seminarians, and the American hierarchy, that they will respond heroically to the call of love, the love that is seen in the cross, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died on the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, that our lives will reflect the love of God that comes to us through the Eucharist. The people will see in us the presence of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray to the Lord. We now join our prayers to those of the Mother of the Resurrection as we sing. Mm-hmm. 